As we stand in the twilight of another fading year, we are reminded of time, a great resource which God has given us. In the Bible, we are urged to walk circumspectly, redeeming the time. So, we will do well to pause and prepare ourselves before we proceed to step into another new year that God has for us. You know, God, when he uses words, of course, he uses words to communicate to man, but he does something more than that. Our God, when he speaks, when he uses words, he also creates. Amen. We look at Genesis and we see that, and God said, and there was. God said, and there was. God uses words to create, not just to communicate. And when we look at, um, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures before we do make our declaration. One is in Isaiah chapter 51. If you'd like to turn there, please. Isaiah chapter 51 and verse 16. And, um, and this is what God says. And I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth and say to Zion, you are my people. So this is what God says. I put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. And then he says that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. We see something similar that God saying here, Jeremiah chapter 1 and um, verse 9, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth, see I have set this, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So God is doing something on the earth. God wants to do something on the earth. And for that purpose, he puts his words in our mouth. And that is what he did for Isaiah. That is what he did for Jeremiah. And he's saying, see, I'm putting my words in your mouth. And through that, I'm going to do something. I'm going to plant the heavens. I'm going to lay the foundations. I'm going to build. I'm going to uproot all through his words, through and in and through our mouth. So which means that God who speaks, who creates, he wants to partner with us in what he wants done on this earth. When we declare, when we speak, the words that he puts in our mouth, the words that he quickens in our spirit, we are actually partnering with him. When we make decrees, about what God says about the church, about our nation, about our city, about our family, about our own situation. We are actually partnering with him in what he wants done in our lives. Amen. That's the power of declaration. It's not just speaking a bunch of words, but we are actually partnering with him. We are agreeing with him. We are putting our hands in his and saying, God, I'm with you in this. And therefore I will speak the word that you have put in my heart, that you have filled my mouth with. I will declare it faithfully. And God is inviting us to do that as a lifestyle. That we will declare his word over situations. That we will declare his word over our communities, over our families, over our neighborhoods. And see the change that God brings. Because God is setting something rolling. Every time we declare his word in faith. Amen. So are we ready to make the declaration? Right. Let's just uh, hold our Bibles high and say this out loud. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant, 
I am a minister of God. A servant of Christ. And a channel of his blessing. To many people. I receive his word. I believe his word. And I live by his word. Christ is my master. And to him. I am. In absolute surrender. In Jesus name. Amen. Shake hands with the person next to you. And say speak his word. Amen. Say it bold. Say it strong. And say speak his word. Uh, today Pastor Ashish and, uh, and the empty chairs that you see here are actually in Hyderabad. They've gone for a youth conference, uh, a conference called uh, Slingshot. It's the winter youth conference. So uh, about, I think, 35 uh, have gone and um, I'm sure they're having a great time. Um, continue to pray for the work that is happening uh, there and continue to pray for all those people. Uh, I'm told about 250 people were there. Um, just pray that the lives that were touched will continue to burn strong for Jesus. Okay, uh, we are actually at the twilight of another fading year. <laughs> in 2013, you know, it's just growing dimmer and dimmer, and in a couple of days we'll be stepping out into 2014. You know, I don't want to, uh, I'm sure, you know, people have said this again and again, I don't want to sound like, you know, cliche, but... The fact is this year really went fast, yes or no? It just seems like yesterday when we were, you know, uh, stepping into 2013, wishing everybody a happy new year and, and suddenly here we are at the end of another year and uh, saying, okay, 2014. You can't help but think about time at moments like this. Think about this whole concept called time, Right? Years have come, years have gone, and here we are at the end of this year. Sometimes we, we might be fearful, we might be afraid of what the year holds for us. Sometimes we are grateful for the year that has gone by. We might be angry with whatever happened, year that, the days that have gone. But here we are, looking back and looking forward. Time. Time is something which God has given us. If you want to call it that, it's just a slice of infinity that God has given us as a gift. You realize that it's a great resource. It's a great resource which fades in comparison to any other resource that you might think about, you know, maybe about money and all that. Because if you don't have time, all the other resources are of no use. I remember reading a comic book many years ago, um, growing up, where it's about this planet, different planet, it's a science fiction story, it's a different planet, and on this planet, the currency they have to buy and sell is time. So in order to buy something, I give away certain years of my life and possess something, right? In order to get something, I need to give away time, I need to earn, if I need to earn something, it is in time. Time is the currency. Have you ever looked at time that way? Time is a great resource. Something very, very precious. All other resources fade in comparison. You also see that time can never be bought. You can't set back the clock. I don't know if you watched this um, commercial. I think it's an ad by Microsoft. Scene one is the delivery room. There's a mother who's pushing hard. Baby's about to be born. And suddenly, the baby shoots out, through, breaks through the glass, and goes across the sky. Have you seen that? Anybody? No? Okay, this is how it happens. It's not a very serious ad. So, you know, it, so the baby flies across the sky. Here is the baby just, you know, uh, flying across. And as the baby flies across... The baby is growing, becomes a child, becomes a, a teenager, becomes a young adult, uh, becomes a middle-aged person, and becomes a senior citizen, becomes a very aged person, and hits the ground. 
and then there is dust all over when the dust clears there is a tombstone rest in peace you know all the way from the delivery room all the way to the tombstone you know sometimes life is like that just going you can't hold back the clock you can't hold back we can only go forward we can't go back in time time there's no rewind but button we can only go forward in other words time is equal to our life time is equal to our life so it's a great resource so when we look at this year that we are approaching scripture reminds us something about time that we should take note of and we see this in ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15 ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15 it says see that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise verse 16 redeeming the time because the days are evil therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is see that you walk circumspectly what does circumspectly mean it means to be careful to consider all circumstances and possible consequences to be careful to consider all circumstances and possible consequences so paul is reminding the ephesian church and he's saying walk circumspectly and when you do that it is like redeeming the time it says redeeming the time because the days are evil and he says do not be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is so if we are to walk wisely today if we are to walk wisely into the new year we need to walk circumspectly considering thinking deeply with a view to act considering the circumstances considering the consequences and we have been living busy lives like some of you some of us have been working through weekends you know from deadlines to deadlines some of us have weekly deadlines some of us have daily deadlines anybody with daily deadlines you go to work and by evening you need to do something daily deadlines yeah anup says daily deadlines some of you here weekly deadlines monthly deadlines and you're going from project to project weekend to weekend and suddenly we see that so much time has gone so much time has gone and maybe we have desires and i wish i could i could have done that or regrets now scriptures reminding us walk circumspectly so today's message is is more for me than for all of you i'm preaching to myself and it's just three words it is pause prepare and proceed pause can we say that together pause prepare and proceed i just want us to turn to mark chapter 6 and verse 31 mark chapter 6 and verse 31 before we go to 31 um, i just want to read from verse 7 onwards mark chapter 6 and verse 7 now it talks about jesus and he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits so this is the lord jesus calling the disciples the apostles and sending them out giving them power and then we see in verse 12 what they did so they went out and preached that people should repent and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them so the lord jesus sent them on an assignment they went on the assignment and they this is what they did and then we go to verse 31 was sorry verse 30 we see then the apostles gathered to jesus and told him all things both what they had done and what they had taught and this is what the lord said this is what the lord says to them he says come aside by yourselves to a desert, deserted place and rest a while for there were many coming and going that they did not even have time to rest so the lord invites them in the busyness of it all 
Now, were they doing a good thing? Yes, they were in ministry. The Lord was the one who called them. The Lord was the one who sent them out on the assignment. The Lord was the one who empowered them. And they came back joyfully saying, you know, with their account, with their testimonies, this is what happened. And the Lord says, you come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. And we see in verse 32, so they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. It's a picture of tranquility. They went boating after this strenuous exercise. They went in a boat to a deserted place. And the Lord, I believe, is calling us to press pause. To press pause. Now there's no way we can pause time. But we can press pause in what we are doing. In our activities. To press pause and rest for a while. The Lord is inviting us to press pause in order to know Him. Let's turn to Psalm 46 and verse 10. Psalm 46 and verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. He's saying, Be still and know that I am God. There's no limit to knowing God, right? He's infinite. If we think we know so much about God, hey, he's got another surprise coming. There's something that he wants to add. So he's saying, be still and know that I am God. In other words, he's saying, let me give you a revelation. Let me give you a perspective, a fresh perspective of who I am. Let me give you a revelation of my love. God is saying, let me give you a, a perspective about my power that is at work in you. Let me give you a fresh perspective of who's in control here. God is saying, be still and know that I'm your God. That I'm the one who created you. That I'm the one who is leading you. That I'm the one who has the resources. Be still. Press pause for a minute. And get this revelation. Receive the revelation. We still know that I am God. There's another amazing psalm. It says in Psalm 36 and verse 9. It says, in your light we see light. Psalm 36 and verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Meaning, when God gives revelation... When God gives a perspective about himself, it changes our perspective about life itself. Think about it. When God gives a perspective of who's in control, it changes our outlook about life. We're not running to, you know, to manage. We're not running to hold the reins. We're, not, we're relaxed. When God gives a perspective of, of his love, our outlook on life, Life changes. We're not running here and there to be accepted. We're not doing crazy things in our insecurities to feel accepted, to prove a point, to perform something in order to be accepted. Because God says, be still and know that I love you. So when we receive a perspective from God, a fresh perspective of who God is, it changes our outlook about our life the way we live our life, the way we conduct life. So God is inviting us to press pause and to know Him. God is inviting us to press pause and to count the blessings. To count the blessings. How many blessings can you think of in your own life? Five, six, seven. You know, the last three days we were actually in hospital. Uh, we were in Bellor, uh, looking, uh, visiting a relative of ours, and and he.
he had trouble breathing so he was on oxygen and so i was just thinking you know i was reminded of that song uh, one day at a time sweet jesus and i was just reminded for him it was one breath at a time one breath at a time not just one day is believing god for that one breath at a time but praise god that his times are in his hand we prayed and we prayed you know you need to be strong you need to believe don't give up is encouraged him i believe that god is ministering god is strengthening every single cell in his body believe that and that gave me a perspective about the blessings i have in life the things that i take for granted another incident which gave a perspective about life and the blessing that i enjoy was when i was in chatisgarh when i was into champa and after classes you know morning to evening we had classes and at night we just sat around the fire and you know guys were making tea and there was about 10 or 15 of them who were staying back all from the neighboring villages and they staying back for the bible classes so we just sitting and having tea and chatting and and uh, so this person was telling about a story each testimony you know, so much of hardship but yet they were holding on to the lord and particularly this person you know who was actually a riding a cycle rickshaw for a living cycle rickshaw for a living and he was sacrificing that monday to friday to be there at the bible school saturday he would go back work earn the money and sunday he would go to his church saturday he would go give that money to his family whatever he earned and then come back on monday to come and learn that changed my perspective about the blessings that we so richly enjoy can we count our blessings i'm telling you at the end of it you'll walk with a smile i can assure you the simple things the breath that you breathe in and breathe out thank god for the blessing and i think we can make it an exercise in each of our families if you've not done so already just sit and talk about the blessings okay now somebody noted down say you go what are the blessings that you can think of that you have received from god that you are enjoying just list down and i think as families we'd be thankful we'd be people with a grateful heart we can truly sing that song give thanks with a grateful heart to god count your blessings we are called to pause count our blessings psalm 103 and and uh, verses 1 and 2 psalmist is saying bless the lord o my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord o my soul and forget not all his benefits he's saying forget not all his benefits bless the lord o my soul oh god i thank you for life i thank you for all that i'm enjoying i thank you for family i thank you for friends thank you for the clothes thank you for the food i thank you let's pause and count our blessings and be thankful for each and every one of those blessings together as families as individuals god is reminding us to press pause get right with him and with people now some of us carry a grudge with god and we don't even know it right we have this chip on our shoulders about some aspect of god maybe it's something to do with some unanswered prayer maybe it's something to do with something that god did which we did not like or we did we are angry with god we are shaking our fists at god maybe it happened many years ago but we are still angry with god god is inviting us to pause and get right with him maybe we are angry with people 
is a wonderful opportunity to press pause and get right with people. Get right with people. Ask God to give us a perspective so that we can look at people the way He sees them. To see people the way He sees people. Then we will be able to love even the unlovable. God is inviting us to pause and get right with Him. To reconcile with Him. Maybe it's some secret sin that you are continuing on with. God is saying, get right with me. He's drawing us with loving kindness and tender mercies. It is also time to pause and make course corrections. Maybe we are heading a certain way. We know it's wrong, but we're just going on anyway because we decided to go with it. It's time to make course corrections. Maybe it's something to do with our life, the way we live our life. Maybe it's something to do with uh, our finances. Maybe it's something to do with our careers. Maybe it's something to do with our diet. Something to do with what we eat. Right? It's time to make course corrections. To pause and make course corrections. It's also time to rest and be refreshed. How many of you get up in the morning and you feel tired already because of the weight of the responsibilities? Right? You're thinking, there are many songs which people have written saying, oh, please stop the world, I want to get off. The minute you open your eyes, it starts clicking, the motor starts running, the thoughts are racing, okay, this is what I need to do, this is what I haven't done already, and so on. God is inviting us to His presence, to pause and rest so that we can be refreshed in spirit, soul and body. He has a great plan for us. He has great purposes, great plans for us, but we will burn ourselves out if we do not pause and rest and be refreshed. I just want to read a couple of verses from Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse um, 31, we, we all know this very familiar verse, Isaiah 40, but to those who wait on the Lord, sorry, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. We all want to renew our strength, we want to recharge our batteries. So, we, so that we can be more effective. We all want to mount up with wings like eagles. We want to run. We, we just want to keep on running. We want to walk. We don't want to faint. But the secret is this. Those who wait on the Lord will receive strength. That's a promise from God. He's inviting us to His presence saying, you wait on me, you will receive strength. You will receive strength. To mount up like eagles. Now that project that you want to do, that plan that you have, you, know, you will receive strength to do it. You will have strategies. You will have the, the strength for the task ahead. God is saying, you need to wait in my presence. You will mount up with wings like eagles. You will run. And you will not be weary. But first, can you pause and rest? Be refreshed in the spirit. Be refreshed in our emotions. Sometimes when we think of a particular task, it's all negative. The ideas don't come. Because it's all burnt out. All we can think is, oh man, no. Oh, that phone call, no. Let someone else do it. Oh, that, you know, that trip there, no. There's a churning in our stomach. Because emotionally, we don't want to go there. And God is asking us, the Lord is inviting us to be refreshed in our soul, in our mind, in our emotions, in our intellect. The well-known uh, verse, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. The Lord's invitation, Matthew 11 and verse 28. Lord Jesus says, Come to me, 
all you who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest verse 29 he says take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls he's talking about the soul the mind the will the emotions saying come to me all you who labor all you you are laboring you are working i will give rest you will find rest for your souls the psalmist declares in psalm 23 and verse 3 he restores my soul that's his testimony of being with god of talking to god of being in his presence he says he restores my soul the shepherd not only does he lead not only does he guide but he restores our soul we are called to invited to be to rest and be refreshed in our soul and to rest and refreshed in our body as well psalm chapter 4 and verse 8 to be refreshed to sleep to rest and be refreshed psalm chapter 4 and verse 8 says i will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone o lord make me dwell in safety i will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone o lord make me dwell in safety so god is inviting us this morning to pause to, i'm sure the list is list is endless you can do a whole lot of things when we pause god is inviting us to pause so before we enter into the new year can we pause can we pause to count our blessings can we pause to just know god to get a fresh perspective of who he is can we pause second thing is to prepare first thing is to pause and secondly to prepare proverbs 16 and verse 1 says that the preparations of the heart belong to man meaning there is a responsibility to prepare prepare for the years ahead to prepare so what does it mean to prepare there are two things that we can do together that is to pray and plan pray and plan you know prayer seems to be a very spiritual activity but what about planning sometimes we think you know i'm going to go with the flow right but prayer and planning are two different two things that are very important there's nothing unspiritual about planning because god says you know which of you wants to build a tower the lord jesus says will not sit down and count the cost with not think ahead of what needs to be done whether we will have the resources planning but these two go hand in hand praying and planning pray and plan this morning draw your attention to psalm uh, sorry proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3 proverbs 16 and verse 3 um it says commit your works to the lord and your thoughts will be established it says committing our works you know whatever you want done in the next one year or two years scripture is encouraging us to commit the works to god and that act of committing is prayer going before him and saying god I'm just committing it I'm laying it down before you. And the promise is this so that our thoughts may be established. So God will establish our thoughts when we commit our plans, commit our works to him. What are your plans for this year? Let's go before God and commit it firstly into his hands. Actually even in that process we'll know whether that is of God or not of God. certain plans that we have we can't even go before him you're ashamed so we know that's the right filter and when we commit he will establish our very thoughts so that our thinking is clear so that our action which follows our thinking will also be clear Just commit your works to the lord so that your thoughts will be established And in verse 9 he says a man's heart plans his ways but the Lord directs his steps so there is this planning that I'm doing 
But the Lord chooses to direct our steps even as we go before him, even as we plan in prayer. He directs our steps. He will lead us. He will direct us. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 21, it says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Many plans, many options, A, B, C, D, E, and all the way to Z. But scripture says, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. So here are these options that I have. Here are these strategies that I've planned. But I go to God and say, God, what is your counsel? For I know that your counsel will stand the test of time. Your counsel will stand, will endure. And so God, what is your counsel? Praying and planning. Part of the preparation. Secondly, our position, our posture. Our posture. Posture is very important, yes or no? Wrong posture, you get a back pain. You know, you sleep one night with your neck in a, and on a different position, you get up in the morning and it's all aching. Posture, very important. How do we position ourselves? We need to position ourselves with hunger. Posture ourselves with hunger for more of God. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 34. Isaiah 44, I'm sorry, I don't have those verses. Uh, just a reference there. Isaiah 44 and... Um, Sorry, verses 3 and 4. Isaiah 44 and verse 3 says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendant and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the water courses. So God promises to pour water on him who is thirsty. So can we go to him in that state of wanting more of him? Our posture to be telling God, God, I'm hungry, I'm needy, I'm dependent. Yes, Lord, you have strengthened me, you have anointed, you have empowered, but I'm needy. I want more of you, God. Our position should be to be hungry for his presence, to be to hunger for more of God. Position number two is to be humble, humility of heart. And we see in James chapter 1 and verse 21 says receive with meekness whatever God wants to give there is something that we need to have in order to receive and that is humility in the year ahead God wants to maybe take us to places God wants to put certain things in our lives maybe bring in certain things in our lives opportunities maybe open up doors we need to receive with meekness you know I'm sure I don't know if you heard this story but is about this Raja who lived in those good old days and this Raja had a problem. He could only take. He could not give. He could only take. So one day he slipped and he fell into the river and he was sinking and uh, he didn't know how to swim and here he was in his royal apparel and he was sinking and, and the minister goes, the mantri goes and asks him, Raja, give me your hand. The Raja is a proud man. He says, no, I will not take, I will not give. Because he doesn't know how to give. And the mantri thinks quickly and he says, Raja, why don't you take my hand? Immediately the Raja you know, stretches out his hand. He takes the mantri's hand and he's saved. That ingredient for taking. We need to receive with meekness. There needs to be humility. James 1.21 Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Third position is holiness. James 1.21 again it says Lay aside all wickedness. Lay aside all wickedness. What is our standard for holiness? Is it our neighbor? What is our standard for holiness? Is it oh, maybe the pastor? Is it a man of God, a woman of God? What is our standard for holiness? I think we, we learned right, on Christmas Day that our standard for holiness is actually Jesus. 
the Lord Jesus himself. And the word of God is the standard. Holiness, the pursuit of a higher pleasure. Let's not try to make it relative. Let's not compromise. When the spirit of God convicts us, that means there's some correction, there's some alignment that we need to bring in. So many times we just say, no, it's okay, it's okay, and we just keep going. And the Spirit of God who dwells in us, He dwells in us with a purpose to make us more like Jesus. To make us more like Jesus. That's the reason He is here. That's the reason He indwells us. He helps us in our choices. Our choices about what we think, what we meditate upon, what we see, what we hear, the choices about our lifestyle. He indwells us to help us and he gives us that check on the inside. And we know immediately that something is wrong, that I shouldn't be going there, I shouldn't be doing this. Let's be sensitive. Let's lay aside all wickedness. Posture, holiness, important posture. Another important position is to be ready to stretch, to go beyond spiritual infancy, to move on to maturity, to move on to maturity, to move on to the solid word, the solid meat of the word, to not remain where we are in our walk with God, in our talk with God, to move on to maturity. And the, four, and the fifth position is also to, to be ready to do, to be ready to act. I'm not receiving from God just to feel good, but I'm receiving, I'm receiving instruction so that with the intent of doing what he's calling me to do. Very important. So that I'm ready to do what he's calling me to do. I wait on him so that I can do what he's calling me to do. And doing always needs faith, it's courage. But when we are doers of the word, we will not be deceiving ourselves. James chapter 1 says that we will not be deceiving, but we will be doers, diligent doers of the word. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 25, the Lord Jesus says, Those who do, hear and do his word, will be like houses on the rock, built on the rock. Though the circumstance might change, though the weather might not be all conducive, but the house will stand firm, established, because it's a house which is hearing and doing the word of God. So our position, let it be ready to do. So we pause, we prepare ourselves by praying and planning and by positioning ourselves. The third one, is to we proceed, we walk in to all that God has for us to proceed. Here's this thing that we need, we might need to step out of something in order to step into something that God has. Right? We might be stepping out of a season and stepping into another season. Stepping out is a reality. Stepping in is also a reality. But they can't be one without the other. Step out and we step in. Okay, how many of you guys are getting married in the coming year? This is an important season that you're stepping into. Okay. Yeah, I can see many faces whose hands are not lifting. <laughs> but I know on the inside that you're lifting your hand, both hands up. It's an important season that you're stepping into. You're stepping out of a season. You're stepping into another season. It's a different season. Things will not be the same. We can't go to places at the drop of a hat. We can't decide and there are two people now. It's a different season. So there will be a stepping out in order to step in. But praise God, no, he is with us 
in this new season. He is with us in this coming year. And I'd like to um, close by looking at uh, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. This is what God says to Joshua. Now Joshua is actually in, in such a position. No, he's out of a season because Moses, who was leading him, who was leading the children of Israel, is no longer there. Now in Moses' place is Joshua. He's in a different season. Now he cannot always look to Moses for help because Moses is not there. Now he needs to make some choices. He needs to lead. He, need to, he needs to make some decisions. He needs to hear from God. And he's in such a place, and this is what God says. Verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And God reassures Joshua. He says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Now that's a word for us. As we proceed, as we have passed and prepared and as we proceed, he's saying, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. As I was with Moses, as you experience the presence in your previous season, I will be with you. God promises, I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. Let's read on. It says, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. God is reminding Joshua, be strong Joshua, be courageous. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. My presence will be with you. I will go before you. Be strong Joshua. Verse 9 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As you step out into this season, as you take that step of faith, as we take that step with that confidence that God is with us, God is reminding us in it, do not be afraid. I will be with you. Now somebody said that there are, the word fear not is mentioned about 365 times in the Bible. I haven't really counted myself, but choose to believe that. 365 times, once for every day of the year, fear not. Do not be afraid. Fear not. And the reason is this. It's not that things will be fine. It's not that things will not go bad. But I am with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Why should he say do not be afraid? Because there could be some things happening which causes fear. There could be some things happening which might probably cause disappointments. But he's saying do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. Be courageous. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So we have the promise of his presence as we step out into this new season. Amen. So the next you know, couple of days and you know, hours that are left, 2014, let's do that. Let's press pause. Maybe it might require switching off our phones and maybe you know, shutting down our laptops and just switching off, disconnecting you know, digitally, press pause, spend time in his presence, prepare for what's ahead, prepare with prayer, prepare with planning, prepare by positioning, aligning ourselves, and then let's walk with confidence knowing that the one who called us is the one who goes before us. The one who called us is the one who is with us. He's the one as he was with the generations before. He has promised that he will be with us. Amen. Let's make some decisions here.
I want to make some choices this morning. I want to make a decision to to pause. I want to make a choice to prepare myself. I don't want to rush into the new year. Cuz I realize that hey, time is a resource. This is the new year that the Lord has made. Yes, we will rejoice and be glad in it. At the same time, I'm going to walk circumspectly redeeming the time. How about you? Thank you God. Thank you Lord. Lord, we come before you this morning. We draw near to you in all humility, God. The humility with reassurance with faith the confidence that our times are in your hand and lord we don't want to go through life just going with the flow and doing whatever we feel like at the moment but lord we want to walk circumspectly god we want to be wise and understand what your will is so that we can be good stewards of this great resource that you entrusted into our hands god so that our lives can praise you god as we sang this morning so that our life oh god can be a blessing to people so that we can partner with you god what you are doing we trust that this message was a blessing to you we'd love to hear from you you can email us at contact@apcwo.org also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources thank you for listening and god bless you